Evening, everyone. Any questions this evening? Uh, uh, the, the one verse in Chaitanya Charitamrita was discussing Chaitanya Guru, the soul, the individual jiva, sometimes turns towards the Chaitanya Guru. Hmm. And when he turns, and the Chaitanya Guru becomes manifest as the external spiritual master. <coughs> and so my question is, how does that? How does that manifest? Is that manifesting as free will um, somehow or other? The jiva is exercising some free will towards God, and then Krishna is manifesting as opposed to pure kripa. In the verse, pure kripa. There's also a Sanskrit verse that supports the question, sort of asking the same idea. In in the Bhagavatam, the discussion between Vidura and Vidurastra. Vidura mm, seems to indicate there is some possible awakening on one's own, and then the eleventh canto of the Bhagavatam says there's no possibility of that. So it begs the question. Uh-huh. Well, um, certainly the, uh, the the Jivatma can become <coughs> disenchanted with the uh, prospect yeah. of becoming happy in the material world with the um, exercise of the power of discrimination by trial and error, hmm? it can become uh, apparent that uh, it's it's futile. Now, as simple as that sounds, it, it most people are not that intelligent. Um, but um, but with uh, the, the proper use of discrimination, uh, one can come to that conclusion. One can become a little let's say, or sufficiently material exhausted hmm? with that prospect. I mean, this is the prospect that material nature kind of waves like a carrot in front of us, you know, to be very simple and crude about it by acquisition. Um, the emptiness and the lacking that we feel will be fulfilled by adding something on to ourselves. Of course, that was without knowledge of what we are and how full we are in and of ourselves and how empty we are only as a result of or to the extent to which we're identifying with the empty bag of our psychological and physiologic and, and physical um, you know sense of self right so um, the jiva in fact to have um, adhikar for bhakti sometimes we say that faith is what is required only but in order to um, have that faith to acquire that faith um, there's another sense of eligibility that's also mentioned in other words to be um, receptive uh, to, to a vehicle of faith a sadhu hmm? I mean people move in the world they come into the sadhus and they don't get faith in bhakti so um, for another sense kind of a secondary sense and it, and it comes from um, our side, kind of the bucket or the vessel of ourselves, not having a hole in the bottom of it, and being able to capture the faith or let the faith go in and stay there and 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 have a practical result of turning us in another direction. That um, uh, secondary qualification is said to be in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Um, mm, Char- you know, characterized by a person who's not too much inclined 
towards renunciation and not too much inclined towards sense gratification. So it's the true middle path, if you will. So the material life runs on these two tracks, right, of karma and boga and tyag, karma and gyan. Boga to enjoy, karma means that activity um, in pursuit of material acquisition that for which there is a price to pay, for which there is a there's a there's the, there's the um, fine print, so to speak, and um, and tag means renunciation. It means the knowledge and knowledge uh, of the fact that um, that uh, attachment and the pursuit of things is the womb, as Krishna says in the Gita, from which suffering is born. So one has to be a little bit knowledgeable and a little bit exhausted with that prospect of material pursuit, but not so inclined towards renunciation, which um, can make one hard-hearted, frustrated, um, material life. You spend all this time and energy, and then you find it you're doing it for millions of lifetimes and you get nothing out of it. it can be frustrating, so you, you turn to to, to Gyan, um, but that doesn't make for a heart that's um, that's uh, fertile, let's say, for the seed of the creeper, the lata of bhakti, to be planted and take root and and be watered and grow and bear bear fruit. So, a little bit on this side, so to speak, um, uh, a, a kind of a secondary qualification. The primary qualification being, well, even if you have that, you're not going to get anywhere unless you have the sadhusanga, and you're in touch, therefore, with the dispensation. Of faith, So, faithful people, those who um, um, move in the world, and whose movements, whose animation, is driven by this kind of divine faith, right? In bhakti, Those kinds of people, becoming in touch with them, and being, you know, the right time, the right place, the right conditions. Hmm? Something extraordinary can happen. I'm speaking about one condition, that secondary condition of oneself. Uh, there could be other conditions um, as well. But at any rate, um, these two things, then you're going to have um, the, uh, the result of bhakti lata uh, bij, the seed, will be uh, planted, seed uh, of the ideal, the rati that you will attain from that association. So, um, kind of a secondary qualification and a primary qualification. And with regard to the secondary qualification, well, you know, one can come to that. Um, An intelligent person can... um, uh, It's not that the jiva has no will. He is an agent of action. Kartkritva, this is one of the features of of the atma. As an agent of action means it 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 it, it has causal efficacy on the world, hmm? um, and uh, of course the influence of material nature tends to cover that causal agency, um, this, such that you know the more you associate with matter, the more matter-like you become, the less you matter, so to speak. Um, not that you really become matter in any way, but I mean. And they say that uh, the Buddhists become stones. So, but that's another thing. But, but I mean, if you associate with matter, 
then um, you know it's soulless, so to speak, willless. Hmm? It's uh, it's um, what's the word I want to say? It's inert. Hmm? And so you you know you kind of start going on automatic. Hmm? The, the soul is so much asleep, and the material nature is just functioning such that the Gita says such people, not everybody, hmm? but such people, are um, thinking themselves to be the doers of acts which are actually done by by the brain and the body, by the modes of nature. Hmm? Of course, the next verse, he says, he says but it's not like everybody's like that. So, so the, the more we are associated with material nature, the more our um, will and our um, agency is kind of um, uh, pushed yeah, to, to the background, but not entirely. I mean, uh, uh, you know, you can have um, be driven by certain habits, for example, and someone you can get frustrated with it. Someone can bring you into a rehab program and try to bring out your will within, you know, material nature to choose a sattvic or a rajasic, you know, alternative rather than a tamasic alternative and and be, be, be on your way um, and so and there are choices there are choices within tamagun rajagun and sattvagun that the scriptures cover now if the jiva had no will to function and make those tamasic rajasic and sattvic choices then those scriptures would have no meaning hmm? right so even within the influence of material nature we exercise will in regard to these influences of Thomas Rogers and Sattva, and we, we may stay within that. If we have good association from outside the modes of nature, we can exercise will in relation to that um, influence. That said, the influence of material nature hmm, tends to limit our choosing ability and kind of, to a large extent, put us on an automatic and um, you know, lots of people are just not there, so to speak. They're just kind of like going on automatic without without realizing it. There's not a lot of in really deeply introspective persons, and you have to be fairly introspective to to uh, start to on some level. I mean, you could do it from a rajasic perspective to be introspective. I got to get out of this tamagun. I got to be somebody. You know, I could uh, I got to reform myself. I could be productive. You know, and so on, so on. But at any rate. Comparatively, material nature tends to cover the will of the jiva, and conversely, this, the, the, the sarup shakti, well, it results ultimately in such a sankalpa. Whatever you want, it happens. Hmm? That's uh, the liberator, the mukta. Of course, if he's also under the Leela Shakti, then that's another th that, that has to be explained. Because it may look like, well, I want to be with Krishna, but he wants to go over there. <laughs> Gopis want to be with Krishna tonight, but he says, go home. Hmm? So that's what Leela Shakti is taking precedence over the Satyasankalp Shakti that's inherent in the Mukta. Of course, the Mukta wanted to be a Gopi in this instance, and that's part of the, part of the territory. Hmm? You'll want Krishna to go one direction, or he'll want to go the other. That's the nature of the Leela, right? It moves between a high tide and a low tide of union and separation. So, But we will that hmm? from early on in our sadhana, right? This is what we want to enter the Leela. We want to become 
and in a unit of rasa, whether it be a friend, a gopa, or, or, or a gopi, and and then so our will is fulfilled as a jiva, as a mukta, such as some call, but we will that. And that is the nature of that is that the lila shakti predominates therein, and sometimes there's this competition even between the will of the jiva and uh, and Krishna's will. Like in the Agasura lila, Krishna willed that the gopas would not enter into that mouth of Agasura, knowing what was you know what was going on, and the gopas, knowing or not knowing, they knew they didn't know. Um, some knew, some didn't know, and neither one of them cared. They went in, and their will succeeded over or overrode the will of Krishna. So he had to go in and follow them. So that's, of course, a very peculiar you know, kind of liberation. It's our ideal and so forth. But it's not played out in detail in, in the Upanishads, which is a little, was a little briefer on the subject of the nature of mukti. Hmm. You got to go to the commentators and the Gaudiya commentators, and so forth to draw that out. But at any rate, the the, the, the point holds true. In in the under the influence of the Sarup Shakti, the agency of the Jiva hmm, is um, in in all of the potentiality of the Jiva and so forth is is, is uncovered. Hmm. The Sarup Shakti is governing the Leela, so. It's it's functioning only for the pleasure of Krishna. That's what it does. So when you're in that atmosphere, you have will, but the atmosphere is such that the only thing that's available to will is the pleasure of Krishna, who's unlimited in his capacity to enjoy. Hmm? From the from the from the abed, non-different perspective, there's only Krishna, and he's enjoying through so many uh, expansions of himself, really. Hmm? Mukta jivas in, in in forms suitable for him to experience through their senses. This one senses and that senses. So many different uh, um, uh, tastes, if you will. And then from the from the bade perspective, from the difference perspective, well, then the devotee has his own will, and and Krishna has his will. And we, we tend to emphasize that side because it's it's obviously it's it's sweeter. Hmm? But you can look at it you know, from, from from different sides. So. Um, you know, I'm kind of, kind of talking in a, in, a, in a general way in regard to your your question, but it seems that, uh, if I may, and correct me if I'm wrong, that your question is is like is is it is my um, trajectory on the path of bhakti initiated by myself, or is it initiated by Bhagwan or by um, by bhakti? Hmm? Which is uh, you know, the Shakti of Bhagawan as an as an independent agent manifesting in the sadhus? Is there something I can do from this side hmm, that um, that you know draws Bhagawan to me, or does it come from that side? And as I said, I think I kind of explained it. There's something that you can do, but it, it's not necessarily the case that because you're not so inclined towards material enjoyment, and you're also not so inclined towards liberation, towards renunciation, you're kind of in this middle middle ground that all that all of a sudden you're going to start doing bhakti. You, you have to have that overture, that invite, so to speak, from the other side. So um, bhakti is independent. She goes wherever she wants, um, and, and she does that through the medium of the intermediate and advanced devotees distributing herself um, 
she she fits she's fit and it just so happens they want to kind of naturally share um, with um, with others so um, it's an active ongoing influence and current in the world bhakti without any beginning anadi just like there's uh, anadi karma so there's anadi bhakti in the world there's always sadhakas in the world and we're moving under you know the current of maya or the current of Sadhu Sangha, and it could be different kinds of sadhus. It could be Vaidhi Bhakti Sadhus, Rag Bhakti Sadhus. It could be Jnanis also, with some mixed Bhakti. Jnan, Yog, Bhakti, these are all transcendental paths. Um, their aim is transcendental. Of course, we understand from Scripture that Jnan and Bhakti to be fruitful in terms of their ideal. Some Bhakti must be there. So it's not really coming from that side. Hmm? Grace is required to, to get in. Hmm? the door, mm. even if you want to enter into, into Brahman, mm. into the basement of transcendence, mm. so to speak, you know, lights out and think nobody else is there, and, but nobody's chasing me, so um, that also requires some, some bhakti. You can't, you can't you know, storm the gates of heaven, you have to be let in. Mm. Just like they say, there's that story, you know, it's, it's a joke, but what was it? There was a guy in a church, and uh, he never gave money. Every time they used to, when I was a kid, they used to stick this long thing in the pew, and they were supposed to give, and you feel like you had little envelopes that you put money in, nobody knew how much, and your parents would give you an envelope along with your allowance. I think, I only got 50 cents for allowance, I'm supposed to give, you know, what am I supposed to give here, you know? It was really always a problem. So, anyway, they would stick it in, this guy wouldn't give, and so, you know, people criticized him. So anyway, one day, he threw five bucks in the, in the, in the, in the bin, you know, in, in the basket. And then he went outside and got run over by a car and died. So he went up to heaven, and there are the pearly gates, and there was Peter and Paul at the gate. And they said, what's your name? He said, well, my name is so-and-so. And he said, well, let me look in the book. And see if you're interested, there had to be something on that side, some acknowledgement on that side. That's a little different than our teaching. But anyway, if his name wasn't in the book, he wasn't going to get in, you know. So he, and they said to him, he's arguing like your name's not in the book. He said, what do you mean? My, my name's got to be in the book. I just gave five bucks, you know, <laughs> to the church. And then I died. I didn't, you know, I did it. So I didn't commit any sins after that, you know. So I said, okay, well, we'll look again, you know. And, and he not there. He said, well, go talk to God. There's got to be a mistake. So they went and talked to God, and God said, what's up? And I said, well, this guy, he just gave five bucks, and then he died, you know. And God said, well, tell him, give him back his five bucks and tell him to go to hell. <laughs> so, so you can't storm the gates of heaven. <laughs> you got to get uh, permission. You got to get a blessing. Mm. It's <laughs> a good one. Huh? So, does that answer your question? Yeah, it's just um, it's the same word that they use in these two verses. The first one's Yaswakat. So Yaswakat means on his own. And then the other one is Sakat, no. Like, not possible by his own. And then I was thinking of, I, I believe people Koshwami said, nobody takes to Krishna consciousness. Unless they have some previous, you know, association or something. Mm -hmm. So you know, like, how would he 
Well, you think about it practically. I mean, how can you take up something if you don't know about it? And how are you going to know about it unless you hear from devotees, who are the you know distributors, disseminators of the teaching? Um, so you have to, it has to man be manifest in the world in a way that you come in touch with it, and you had nothing to do with manifesting it in the world. You had nothing to do with bringing it there. Now there is this tension between um, grace and will, hmm? right? Both are factors in in your liberation. So it might be talked about at different ways, at different times, slightly from different angles. You can get statements in the scripture where it says, you know, that whatever you will and that, that you will attain and so forth. Um, but you can't will to attain something that you don't know about, that, that you haven't come in touch with. You can't manifest bhakti and then come in touch with it. It's manifest of its own. And the temple is built not because you weren't there and did it. So however bhakti is manifest in the world, it's coming from that side. And, you know, we have the good fortune, the luck to come in touch with it, then we can exercise our will in relation to that opportunity and and we can embrace it. And then our will to pursue it can be fortified by good association. So at a certain point, um, the opportunity has been presented to us, we've taken advantage of it, or even to take advantage of it, our will to do so, the epiphany that we have to think, this is pretty interesting. You know, somebody's there to go, yeah, it's real interesting. And, you know, in the Bhagavad Gita says this and, and so forth. And take this book and, you know, come back on Sunday and have a pakora on the way out, you know, <laughs> and, and, they say, and so on. And so um, there, there's this tension between the grace and the will, right? And you're going kind to of, kind of have to bend the will hmm, by association to, to, to move in this direction. When they, they, they start to come together, so the will works with the grace, but the will is habituated in another way. Hmm? So the, 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 it's not um, going in a straight line, so to speak. It's kind of going forward, going backwards, going in a little bit, you know, going going on a detour this way. Um, the the, the bhajan is anishta. It's it's, it's not uh, um, straight. Hmm? So there's ups and downs and so forth. So the, the grace is there, the opportunity's there. Um, it didn't go away, but one doesn't avail oneself of the opportunity. Because will is weak. Hmm? There must be some saying about that. that. Something is strong, but the will is weak. The spirit is strong, the flesh is weak, or something like that. So, uh, something to that effect. So, so that by sadhusanga, we strengthen the will. That's one of the, uh, the uh, what, what in one sense, what the exercise of studying the scripture, hearing about it, is. It, 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 uh, that's what it results in. It strengthens the will, because you get... Now, this transcendental reasoning as to why you should conduct yourself in this way, um, which you needed a little bit to be sounded interesting with all these scents and smells, you know, sights and sounds and woo, and like incense and people, colorful and music, and that's pretty interesting. I like that. You know, what's it all about? So then you get you start to get the reasoning about it, right? You start to hear the classes. You start to get. So the reasoning strengthens the will, hmm? because if we, you know, have reasons for doing the things we do, we have more reason to do them. <laughs> we have more strength, more resolve, right? Hmm? When we're doing things and we and we don't know the reason, and we haven't been, for example, even in bhakti, haven't been well, well educated at a certain point, we can go, I don't know. I thought I believed in this stuff, but you know, I don't know. Hmm? Therefore, we, if we have good association, this is one of the things that this, the scripture does. It strengthens one's resolve by giving us spiritual um, reasoning. And, of course, 
that reasoning from scripture needs to be presented by sadhus in an ongoing way because there's always going to be currents of thought and influences in the world that could make you think that, that, that there were other things to do that were, that were more important and so forth. So, there's this tension between the grace and the will and they have to kind of you know bring the will in touch with the grace and the opportunity, right? At a certain point, that will is fully you know uh, committed to taking advantage of the opportunity and intelligence has now really been captured by bhakti so it's really working for the atma over the mind and over the senses loud enough to to, to draw the senses back to quiet the mind at the times when that flesh if you will you know speaks to us in another way invites us in another direction and so forth and then, and then with consistent practice, nishta, well, one kind of goes over the top of the mountain that he's been climbing and can see the valley of Prem and the other side there. And it's just as far to go as it was from here, this side of the top, but it's all downhill now. He's got a taste, and, is, and he or she practices being driven by the taste. And now, what is the will? Nadanam nadanam nasundarim kabitam bhajagadisha kamaye. Well, it's not this and it's not that. It's not anything of this world. His will is no longer functioning in relation to prestige, uh, you know, whatever, uh, companionship, materially speaking, uh, uh, wealth, nadanam, najanam, nasundaram, and so forth, right? And what is it functioning in relation to? Mama janmani janmanishvare babatad bhakti rahoi takitvai. The sadhaka, she likes bhakti now. Hmm? So she likes bhakti, so she does bhakti. Hmm? Out of liking. Now this will, right, that's inherent in the jiva, a property of the jiva, that will function in relation to now a sarup shakti environment. Well, that environment is a general environment that has been derived from sadhusanga. So you, 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 you associate it with Gaudiya Vaishnavism, Gaudiya Sanghas, Sadhus, Gaudiya, Siddhanta, and so forth, and so you you, you want you 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 you're saturated with Madhurya Rasa influence. Hmm? You're not a, a taster, but uh, uh, but but you know the, you, you, your nishtas come in this way, and you you figured it out. This is the gift of Mahaprabhu in the fullest measure, and and, and so forth, and and, and so on. Um, yeah. Or you, you know, maybe influenced for the Sakya Rasa and secondary. You know, mostly people are influenced by Madhurya Rasa. So, so he, 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 in his nishta, he's, he, she's got that kind of focus in mind and understands how to practice relative to where he wants to go and so on. And Ruchi comes right again. So now, what's happened is that the the details haven't been worked out. Madhurya Rasa. Sakirasa. Well, a different kinds of Sakirasa. Hmm? Every, and every single gopa is different. Every single one of them is different. So what's going to make the difference? As your will is going to make that difference. Therefore, it said, by your will. Hmm? But you have to understand how that... I'm giving a trajectory where how the will is working and where it starts to become a factor in determining such details. I'll be a gopa. I'll live here. Hmm? Hmm? This will be my service. Hmm? I'll wear this. Hmm? That's and we see that, for example, in the teaching of Bhakti Vinod Thakur, when the sadhu has got some taste, 
he speaks with the guru, and then he expresses, well, I would like to herd cows, and when one leaves the herd, I want to go and bring him back for Krishna. Hmm? I've been reading the Bhagavatam, and so I've got attracted to that. So then the guru says, well, that's good, okay. And, and then, the, or he may not quite understand, and then the guru will correct him, that's not within the parameters of of, uh, of the tattva, you know. So will then is is operative. Hmm? That's why it's said that the mukta satya sankalpa means whatever he wants happens. Some want a form, mukti with a form. I mean, that's saying Upanishads speak more generally in the sutras. So here it is. Some want mukti with a form. Some want mukti without a form. Because it, because he's satya sankalpa, his will determines that, and that will, of course, is functioning from the beginning of sadhana, when you get your ideal, when you start to get clear on what you're doing and so forth, uh, that you know you have a resolve, and then it, then it becomes more detailed. So whatever you want, it happens. But what you're wanting is all under the influence of the sarup shakti. So it's all pleasing to Krishna. Hmm? Again, you become a conduit through, through which Krishna, within himself, where the Sarup Shakti is also present, which is said Sarup Shakti is within Krishna, it manifests separately as Radha. Two, two persons, one soul. Hmm? Right? So your form's inside of Krishna too. It's a potential. Hmm? It's a, your Sarup. It's a potential. In the right circumstances, and in conjunction with your will being part of it, then it manifests. Hmm? It's deep within the body of God, so to speak. It comes out, and there are leelas for it, and and so on and so forth. And and your will is is a part of the part of it. Of course, the will is now just functioning only. Will can only function in relation to an environment where the, there are choices and opportunities. So it's not under the material environment. It's under the Srupa Shakti's environment, so it's whatever it desires is only for the pleasure of Krishna. But in the general way, Shasta says, it desires either a form or no form. Both types of mukti are there. But it says, mukti with a form is better. It's more pleasing. And it gives its reasoning, so forth. Yeah. You want to just basically, you want to just sit there or you want to do something, right? So, to, to, to love to exist or to exist to love. And there's more potential for happiness in existing to uh, to love, so therefore you can you know you can find somewhere in the scripture to say well it's, of course whatever you want so somebody says well I think I want that you know but where is this will in relation to where you are in bhakti and how it should be applied and how you know first of all it has to be will to uh, will to control my senses and control my mind <laughs> you know you got to kind of focus there instead of willing to become a gopi and uh, you know and uh, not being able to even control your mind and your senses, so to speak. So, so we got a will. That's good, and that you know makes us different from dull matter. We're not inert. We can we can will, we can we can know, and we can have uh, qualitative experiences. We're pretty cool, <laughs> actually. Krishna says it. Amazing. That's such a conclusion in the Gita in the second chapter after so many things. It's not this, it's not that, it's not this, it's not that. It's amazing. <laughs> you are amazing.
Voilà. <coughs> What else? Is talking as the cure for my cold. <laughs> say that um, you know devoted to your studies devoted to being a great athlete devoted to be a musician is really um, an effort right making an effort to do on one's own uh, strength so to speak to acquire some position within the within the world and bhakti is otherworldly hmm? bhakti is a Sanskrit word which means to worship, it means to love, hmm? and its love, obviously, is tied to its um, meaning as worship, so it's a loving kind of worship. So it is a service that is in relation to the most uh, uh, serviceable, hmm? the Godhead, right? So uh, bhakti is, is a... And it's a form of yoga. So yoga means not to become a great musician. Yoga doesn't mean you become a big a athlete. You can have devotion, you know, to loosely, you know, use the words very devoted to his craft. Hmm? Um, but that's within the modes of nature. Hmm? Bhakti is outside of material nature. The whole idea of yoga is to transcend material nature. So if your yoga is going to be bhakti, then, which is love or worship, then there has to be both the object of worship and the worshiper for there to be the worship, right? Or, or the object of love and the lover for there to be love. So that object is not in this world. Hmm? It's in the other world. It's, it's transcendent. And as a yoga, then, that type of worship, that type of love can bring us out of the world. So it's not like devotion to this or devotion to that um, in this world. It could be And that said, uh, devotion to different forms of God, hmm? and there are different faces of God. God faces of God are said to be asankhya, uncountable. So, if we see in some tradition a face of God is is described, and we see in that tradition devotion that the that the mind and the senses of the the saint, let's say are obviously absorbed in that object of uh, devotion and so there are certain symptoms it's ego ego effacing and so then we'll you know we'll, we'll include that as bhakti let's say for example some christian saint or catholic saint or something like that um, i mean it's a very different perspective it's a history centric kind of a perspective really the way it's taught anyway And that's interesting to think that's the way it's taught. Whereas um, in India, the tradition is kind of like a knowledge, love personified kind of a descent. Uh, but it's not necessarily the case that that's not what Christianity is. It may be taught as history or history or history centric. This event really happened, therefore it must be 
the truth. We don't know if this Krishna or this or that happened or whatever. These are all mythological stories. This actually happened. I always find that to be very kind of like kind of a contradictory. This or, or you know, we're gonna. This happened. We can verify this empirically, hmm? um, and therefore it's real. It just you know it doesn't work that well for us because empirical verification is not hardly the last word in, in in reality. But but at any rate, you know, the Christ, whatever. I you know I don't know if he rose from the dead, but but he but he said to have said, and I think somebody heard it next to him on the cross, something like. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And I, I would think that's unbelievable. Wow, that's worshipable perspective, right? So give credit where credit's due. And um, so we don't confine bhakti, you know, in that way within just Gaudiya Vaishnavism. There are the, the, there's different forms of it. There are partial manifestations of it, mixed manifestations of it, unalloyed. Uh, there's, uh, you know... Um, Majestic bhakti, intimate bhakti, um, and it could be cross-cultural too. But, again, in a very basic sense, it is a kind of devotion, um, a kind of giving. Baj is the verbal root uh, to, to give. Um, um, it's kind of a sharing, really, um, that goes on between us and and the Godhead. So, yeah, I mean, it's very, it, it is used loosely in in some circles, and, uh, probably too loosely, in some. That answers the question. Yeah, I just have my impression from um, Bhakti, Bhakti what? Bhakti is Shakti. I mean, it's it's a it's a manifestation of the sarup shakti. So <clears throat> it seems like how could yeah anything in this world? I mean, I guess you have bhakti in practice. Bhakti in practice is also sarup shakti. Yeah. So how could how could just a devotion or devotion to something be anything like like you're saying? You're yeah. agreeing. Yeah. I was thinking it out. Well, you can you can you can be in the modes of material nature in terms of your orientation and be engaged in acts of bhakti. So, like let's say for example, there are things that are inherently bhakti, like hearing and chanting about Krishna. Chanting the holy name of Krishna is inherently bhakti. Therefore, if somebody believes that it's bhakti or thinks that it's you know some guy named Harry, you know, Harry Krishna, um, <laughs> then still it's, it, it has some power, right? It's inherently, it's inherently bhakti. Mm-hmm. So, the, someone, someone could be chanting and inha- engage in something that's inherently bhakti, but with a, driven by a motive that is tamasic, or rajasic, or sattvic. Mm-hmm. And so they won't get a fully transcendental um, result from that. So therefore, it's said that there's bhakti in the different modes of nature. But the modes is not, there's a kind of a bhakti that's a tamasic bhakti, but it's it's the person who's in the modes. 
and has a mo and, and everyone may be under the modes, but then they're driven by that motive. We chant by a different motive. Our motive is Nirguna, hmm? is to please Krishna. Hmm? It may be to, to control my senses, and it's, we, we, but I want to do that because I, I know that if I don't do that, I can't, you know, I can't love Krishna. So I might chant with the motive to pay attention, but you know, the purpose is is um, is correct, so to speak. So you you want to get. Sometimes it's said in scripture. Well, you know, you can you, even if you chant with with your eyes closed and are asleep or in your dreams, you're you're going to get benefit. That's not an advocacy of doing that. It's a, that means to say what to speak on if you do it with the right motive. Hmm? That's meant to give us more reason to practice. Like I was saying earlier, the scriptures important to hear the arguments and so forth. It's really it's all the argument why you should do uh, bhakti. Hmm. I was once given a, a philosophical talk, and afterwards someone was a little bored with it, I guess, and he said, "Whatever happened to just chanting? Just chant. You know, why do I got to go through all this, you know, stuff? You know." I said, "I don't know. Why don't you just do this? Is that what you do? Just chant? Well, no, I don't like that. You know, maybe it is. Well, maybe well, why not? You don't know why. Hmm. That's why I'm telling you." Learn this, and you'll have you have you have to chant. You know, you, whoa, that's the thing that's going on in your head. Oh, I should be chanting, and this is why. You know, I feel like over there, but I know that's something that you know, it's different than it looks, and I, I've learned that. And so you, you get kind of cornered, right? Hmm? All right. Oh, all right. Go ahead. Okay, so um, I was reading a book called Chandra, um, and this is a, a question that would be related to the. Question. And Krishna is speaking to Uddhava and he says, You know my heart is bound by bhakti, even if it takes the form of enmity. Putana is the evidence of this. Um, so so then I always understood that for it to be considered bhakti it has to be favorable. Mm-hmm. And, and the motive has to be so I don't understand how Putana's well, it's the generosity of Uddhava. Uh, well, you know, she gave her breast to Krishna, right? So you can look at it like that. She had the wrong motive. She had the wrong motive, but. Yeah, she wasn't. She wasn't like that, but. That Uddhava has said that who in the right mind would take shelter of anyone but Krishna, who gave bhakti to Uddhava, to Putana, who just dressed like a bhakta and had ulterior motives. This is his extraordinary, you know, um, extraordinarily merciful nature and so forth. We don't find any other avatar being so, um, in the form of God, being so merciful. It, it doesn't mean that. Putana was doing bhakti, but she was, you know, imitating bhakti. So, Uddha was saying something like that. Oh, Krishna saying that my heart is bound by bhakti, even if it takes the form of enmity. Yeah, well, um, that's Krishna. <laughs> there is an example of that. 
there is an example of that. I mean, it happens in all in all instances, but that's why we worship them. That's another one like, okay, therefore I can be and have image towards Krishna. Everything's cool. No, it's like what to speak of. Then, if you, uh, it's just speaking of Krishna's extraordinary uh, mercy and and uh, blindness. So it's kind of a kind of a blind. My devotees have no faults, even if they have faults. Their faults should be worshipped. You know, he says things like that. His devotees have to come back around and go, well, you know, I'm going to give a spin on this now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, you know, some presidential candidate says something and people, all his close advisors go, yeah, he meant this, you know, and he meant that. <laughs> He's a little crazy. <laughs> it's likable, <laughs> but the but the the teaching the teaching is actually this. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> the devotees have the last word there. So they they're the commentary. You know, Krishna says, like I say, well. Even if he commits a great offense and a great, very misbehaved, he's a devotee. And then there's those commentaries on it. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it is said um, in the Bhagavatam in the seventh canto by Narada that um, that um, if one is his mind is absorbed in Krishna by feelings of sambandha, of kama, of um, enmity, of fear, uh, enmity being the case of susa, supal, um, fear the case of kamsa, kama the case of the gopis, sambandha the, the, uh, yeah. the yadus, pandavas, extends to, yadus extends to the, also to the Rajabhasis, they're also yadus, and Krishna's also a yadu in that sense, um, and so forth. Then, um, if yena tena prakarina manam krishna nivesha, somehow or other, so it's driven even by this, but the mind becomes absorbed, then it has spiritual efficacy. And so, you know, Susapal got liberated. Kamsa, I guess, I don't know what happened to Kamsa? I guess he got liberated. Um, and of course, the liberation that he gets is different than the gopis, hmm? different than the than the pandavas and than the brajabasis and so forth. In the case of Putana, well, that was a you know, and uh, it, but it happened in Braj, hmm? and uh, so that is, that had a special special effect. That's Krishna in Braj. He's 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 not you know. Thinking straight there, he's not in a dharmic. He's not in. A, he's not in a dharmic space you know, most of the time. And he was. He was very young at the time too. Bhagavan Sri Krishna ki jai. Okay, once I go through this job, it doesn't be able to. Patitanam Pavlimashi.